What's going on, moms and dads? Welcome to the Fade You Podcast, episode 141, coming to you on Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022. On today's episode, we will recap this past weekend's uh, Vegas trip for the dads before talking some more NFL football. We will specifically on this episode be previewing the AFC North with our special guest, who is a pretty big Baltimore Ravens fan. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Feed You Sports. On the Twitter, you can get the links to the YouTube, to the TikTok, follow all that stuff and see what we're up to as we get ever closer to football season. My name is Matthew James, and I am joined on today's podcast by Kmart. Kmart, we made it back from Vegas in one piece, man. Made it back. Driving early in the morning sure is a lot better than whatever we did last time. Uh, that You mean it was better than leaving at 6 p.m. and getting home at 2.30? Yeah, yeah, that that would be it. That was still the worst moment of my life, and I was right mm-hmm. there by your side. So, good times. Also with us today is Joseph Hamill. Joe also made it back from Vegas at One Piece, but you had a way more fun Sunday. You stayed a little later. Yeah, we got to hang out with the Queen and then Ben and fire down some red wine, even though we were hungover. It was kind of fun. And then we stopped at the South Point on the way home, had some food. And maybe a margarita or two. And then the Chili's where some fun stuff has been happened before. That's in Victorville. And then got home late. So whatever. It was bad. It was a shitty drive, but it was fine. As expected. And, uh, <laughs> we are without Chris Duke tonight. Uh, this is We're recording on Tuesday the 23rd. Everybody got back from Vegas on Sunday. Chris tore his Achilles playing basketball last night. So no. uh, Chris Duke is on uh, injured reserve. You know, he's he out is. for tonight's he's out for tonight's pod. So everybody go ahead and at him and uh, ask him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm mind blown. I, I just found out too. I wish I was joking, but he uh, he texted me this morning. He says, fuck, I can't pod. I'm dead. <laughs> Yeah, and I told him like, dude, go to go to the hospital or ER, get it figured out. You know he's so stubborn. He's probably just sitting in his room drinking beers and shit, like <laughs> contemplating jumping back. out the window. Yeah, so Chris is dead, but it's fine because we are joined on today's pod by one of our absolute favorites, and we do say that every single time. But in this case, she is one of our favorite favorites, a hundred percent. We had an absolute blast hanging out with her in Vegas. This weekend, banging a few K-props. You can find her on MLB Network over at Yahoo Sportsbook. She is the prop queen, Ariel Epstein. Ariel, how much do you miss us? I miss you guys so much. Just every day I know in Vegas, I woke up to an adventure with all of you. Didn't expect an Achilles to be torn. I'm glad that wasn't on my watch because I was not taking him to the hospital. (laughs) I don't think any of us had the capacity to drive anywhere the whole weekend. No, no. I mean, especially after golf, forget it. Oh, God. Yeah. Agreed. So, so Ariel, uh, we played golf Saturday, and you were cruising around with some beverages and uh, having a great time. What was the best part of uh, of the golf round? Ooh, best part of the golf round had to be all of us shotgunning. When we were shotgunning seltzers, that was just an iconic moment. And Kelly and I going around on the golf cart the whole time, too. That was so funny. I bought a speaker for us, started blasting music on the speaker, obviously country music. We're just riding around throwing seltzers at people the entire time. Got tipped by a few people, too. I think some people were convinced that we actually were the drink cart. It was completely unintentional. Kelly and I were supposed to golf, ended up having to give our spots away to some people, took a few celeb shots, made Kelly sweat a little bit because she didn't expect that I could putt as well as I did. It was a successful golf day. Well, it's funny you say that because Jake Hornigay, right before all the carts drove out, he got on the mic. He said, hey, there's no beverage cart. So when some guys saw you guys with all the high noons and Jay Cornegay, by the way, was super nice, uh, was awesome when we met him. And uh, there was a little bit of sadness for Joe when he found out his closest to the pin wasn't actually supposed to be a closest to the pinhole. 
But Jay Cornegate hooked it up anyway. So Joe, shout out to Jay. Shout out to the Superbook. That was awesome stuff. Yeah, and I, I forgot. Oh, sorry, Joe. You could go first because I have a separate story. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, I, yeah, that one wasn't closest to the pin. But, dude, yeah, dad was close on a couple of them. I had a seven-footer and a four-footer. Stuck it. And the, yeah, and the four-footer was on the challenge, the hold to win the, the Dodge Challenger, too. So gave it a little look. I can't ask for much more. But, yeah, I think highlight of the, the round two was uh, Ariel and Kelly handing us, like, 12 nooners and two buckets and all the same flavor that you guys don't like. So that was fun. I forgot the part with Jay because Jay Corningay actually hooked it up more than even the golf cart drinking cart. It was because he got us into John Murray's house. I don't know why I didn't think about this as the most entertaining part of the day. Kelly and I end up finding John Murray's house. Jay lets us in. We we kind of figured that maybe there was a way to get in through the back door, and there was. John Murray just got, and for anyone who doesn't know John, he's he works at the Superbook. He's big, big, uh, big guy there. Everyone knows him. He's really important. John got a dog like three months ago. Oh. We never met her. Kelly and I kept begging John to introduce us. He wouldn't introduce us to the dog. Kelly and I took it upon ourselves to introduce ourselves to the dog. Not only did we introduce ourselves, we stole the dog from the house, brought it on the drinking golf cart with us because that really is safe. We took good care of Ellie, took her for a walk, took her around the golf course, and then we took Ellie back to John's house, safe and sound, raiding into John Murray's house. Highlight. Dang, how did we miss that? I didn't see a dog. I guess we didn't find you guys. We didn't keep Ellie that long. She got a little nervous when she got onto the golf course. She didn't really like it very much. Yeah, I feel like you guys part. were around so often. It's like, how did we miss that part? Maybe <laughs> we knew to keep the dog away from you guys. No, I'm a dog. We're all dog guys here. We love we love the dogs. We do love our dogs. That's for you sure. See Matt's dog Summer in the background. Yeah, she's back there. I know. I, yeah, we were on right as the shotgun was happening. Uh, my girlfriend called me from the emergency vet, so that was super fun too. Um, but she's fine. She's fine. And uh, yeah, we love the dog. That must have been was after the shotgunning that you guys went and abducted the dog. No, I think it was before. You can't ask me oh, timelines. That day was yeah. that, it was 110 it was degrees out. We were the drinking cart, which obviously meant that we just had beverages easily accessible. I don't know timelines. I just know events. I think you guys found us on our very first hole, and you were like, "Here's a couple high noons," and then just ended up giving us the bucket instead. So. Sounds right. about right. Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. They may have been handing out drinks, but I think we probably consumed the most in our cart. It was pretty wild. Well, <laughs> it's also because you probably didn't go in with the intention of potentially like winning the whole thing. There were some teams that actually thought they were going to win the whole thing. I, I met some people who said they weren't even drinking because they were taking it so seriously. So uh, that definitely was not you guys. Imagine, yeah, imagine going to Las Vegas and not drinking in a golf tournament. Yeah. What a joke. Yeah, well, we, had intention, we had intention to try to win, we, but realistically, we were like, hey, we're, not, we're probably not going to because a ton of people are going to cheat anyway. So why, why, why even try? Let's win the drinking contest, I guess. I mean, if I'm drinking, playing golf, and you're not, then you're definitely doing it wrong. The dads couldn't make a putt, but it's okay. We're going to work on putting for the next... 12 months yeah i mean so i only missed four 25 footers by a combined six inches <sighs> yeah and hopefully we get the invite next year because that was a lot of fun yeah it was a lot of fun that was my first contest sign up weekend so it was uh one to remember i already told my parents that they have to come next year too they would love it we had uh previously i think the past two or maybe even three years we we would always drive out labor day weekend and do it just for that extra day you don't have to worry about traffic as much uh, but this was a million times more fun. Any other highlights from the weekend? Mm, any other highlights? You got there. Uh, you were there. What? So you got there Thursday. Oh, you know the night that we were. Was it Saturday night where we stayed up and played blackjack pretty yeah. late? Yeah, we yeah. were up till about two playing blackjack, and Benny was. Oh, I know. Yeah. Double down on sixteen with yeah. Uncle Benny. Yeah. That was absolutely hilarious. Just sitting there. Double down for less. And we had some chick named Jennifer on the left side of the table. That, that I think Ben was calling her a different name every other Wait, time. Wait, 
I we saw her on my walk out of the of the Westgate. Benny <laughs> and I ran into her, and he goes Jennifer, but it or he called her Jennifer, but her name was Sandy, or her name yeah. was Sandy, but he called her Jennifer. Yeah. Whichever one, he called her by her real name on Sunday morning, and she was so excited. <laughs> she was pissed though. That was the funniest thing. And for everybody that doesn't know, Ben, Uncle Ben, he. If he has a 16, he doubles for less. So if he's got like a $25 hand, he'll give him a five and say double for less. But he gets one card. And the lady on the left, Sandy Jennifer, whatever her name was, thought it was messing up the shoe. So she was getting pissed every time he did it. And he kept yelling, no, no, it's not messing it up. And then he one time he actually got a five. But he did it. He's like, is 21 good? He's just yelling it. Is 21 good? <laughs> I always do that. When it's oh whenever it's a 20 or 21, he goes, Is that good? Is that good? <laughs> he made oh. so many friends and enemies, I guess. But it's true. You're gonna he's gonna take the card anyway yeah. on a 16. He's doubling down for less. It's not right. messing up the shoe if he's gonna take the card anyway. He's just risking more money. Exactly. Yeah, it, it literally makes no difference, but it's actually hilarious i never thought of that or seen that before and that was some of the funniest thing and i mean yeah shout out ben holy shit he's the funniest guy on the planet at benny hana he gave me a uh like a laughing attack for like five minutes <laughs> you thought you were gonna tip over backwards and and fall you were just absolutely losing <laughs> yeah i don't like miso soup i'm not a miso soup guy and i was like hey ben you want my soup and he said no i have to drive <laughs> while what a just, line! <laughs> while he's just completely blacked out, drunk. <laughs> he can't have the soup because he's got to drive home in the Westgate. <laughs> dying. I and I, oh I, I, I'm tearing up again right now because I literally had I haven't had a laugh. Was that your first time now. meeting Uncle Benny? No, no. Oh, we met okay. him before. Yeah, we met him before. Just never got to see fully like shit housed Uncle Ben, but. Yeah, we got. Wait, really? You only back. saw him like half shit. Oh, that's he, well. One time he fell asleep. Oh, yeah. In, in he the, was, the... Yeah, he was napping a lot when we saw him in yeah, March we, Madness. He, yeah, he, he saw him knock over a TV in the. Uh... Oh yeah, stood up and hit the TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. During March Madness, Benny fell asleep a lot. That's why we've decided that we're not doing Vegas for March Madness. We're gonna go probably to the Caribbean because it was ridiculous. That time change is ridiculous for March Madness. Starting right. games at 9 a.m. Pacific and making it until then we would stay at the Westgate at the Superbook watching games at March Madness until 9 p.m. So 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. We had 930 dinner reservations. We would be in the middle of dinner at 11. We probably didn't even eat yet. Uncle Benny's passed out. You don't have yeah. a break in the day. That's yeah. what makes it fun. The dad needs a little siesta in the middle of the day. Yeah, yeah. At least for this, for sign-up weekend, it's not as much of a marathon. For sure. Yeah, was, definitely much perfect. different. Less going on, more time to chill and hang out. And yeah, Uncle Ben, amazing human. Uh, Kelly, also amazing human. She took care of us big time over the weekend. And shout out Winter Circle Proxy Service. Oh um, yeah. Brett, we got to get him on the pod too. We got to get Brett. Uh, Brett was funny with the soup too. He was... Oh. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember, I don't remember what they were discussing, but Brett didn't like it that much, and he kept like scooping the soup. He's like, "Hey, how's your soup?" Like, oh, I remember. Cool. I don't know if it's safer. No, I don't. I don't. Probably, probably not to safe. Talk about it, but yeah. Oh my god! And then Jackie meeting our group, and when Jackie met Chris, I mean, oh my god, Chris was torched by 10 a.m. after the bottomless mimosas at the buffet, and uh, he was in. Chris Duke was in fine form on oh, Saturday. He was, in, he was in full form when he met Jackie. Yep. Oh, I think I missed All that right. part, except he was wearing his blonde. That was wig. yeah, yeah. He was wearing the the K-pop wig. You got to see that for a little bit, and then yeah, then I left for the airport. <clears throat> yeah, back to reality. Yeah. Not really, not really. Um, now it's back to reality. Yesterday, well, not so much. Until last night for you, yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, done uh, all right it was uh it was a really really fun time we can't wait to do it again with everybody and uh let's talk some football so we wanted ariel to come on she's a huge ravens fan and so we've been doing our division previews we've done four already so check those out if anybody's listening and we got four more including the afc north which we'll do with ariel right now 
And so the AFC North finished last year. Uh, we laughed at Kyle when he said the Bengals would be good last year, and they ended up winning the division at 10 and 7. So shout out Kmart. And Steelers 9, 7, and 1. Browns 8 and 9. Ravens 8 and 9. Uh, the 2022 win totals are a little all over the place. I've seen Bengals at 9.5, I've seen them at 10. I've seen Ravens at nine and a half with like huge juice on the over. I've seen them at 10. I've seen the Browns. I mean, they're a little all over the place because Watson. And then I've seen the Steelers, I think at seven and a half, eight, something like that. So let's start with the Ravens because Ariel, that's your team. Um, you're very high on them this season. Explain. I never in my life have bet the Ravens or the Yankees to win anything. Those are my two teams. This year, looking at this Ravens team, which opened around 24 to 1, got down to about 22 to 1 when I grabbed their Super Bowl odds. This is absolutely ridiculous. It's just a complete slap in the face for a team that was top three to win the Super Bowl, according to the odds, two years ago. Even last year before the season started, this team was top three, top five in the odds. This season, they're looking at all of last season when setting these odds, I guess. The Ravens had no running backs. They were all gone before the season started. The Ravens lost their cornerback, Marcus Peters, before the season started, who is their interception leader. That led to pretty much losing the rest of their secondary throughout the season, where the Ravens head coach, John Harbaugh, had to go for it multiple times throughout the year while the clock was winding down on the goal line, instead of trying to just tie the game up and go to overtime, he couldn't. Harbaugh didn't trust any of his secondary to last because it was third, fourth string members of the secondary. Then on top of all of it, you lose your MVP, your quarterback, Lamar Jackson, for pretty much the second half of the year. All that said, that team was still, until the second to last week of the year, in the playoff hunt. How? How? They have a backup quarterback, Tyler Huntley, who is amazing. I mean, he just had a preseason game, a hell of a preseason game for the second one. He had a great end of the year last year. The Ravens still were able to get close enough with all of that considered. Their head coach, Sean Harbaugh, is one of the best in football. They have one of the best kickers to solidify the game in football. If the Ravens stay healthy this year, there's no doubt in my mind that this team is a potential division winner that they will go over nine and a half wins. They could potentially be a Super Bowl contender. I did it, obviously. I bet the Super Bowl just because, yeah, I'm a Ravens fan, but I really just felt the odds were terrible. And it showed because in Vegas this past weekend, Kelly and I went around to a few books. The Ravens were already down to 18 to 1, even 16 to 1 in some places to win the Super Bowl. That coming from 24 to 1. Yeah, CLV trophy, you could say all you want, but this Ravens team they don't have to deal with Ben Roethlisberger anymore in Pittsburgh either. The quarterback situation in Cleveland is a disaster. So they really only have Cincinnati as their competitor in the division this season. Yeah, I'll take the Ravens all day as a healthier Ravens team. I agree 100%. Uh, it's it, it's so rare because they had so much injury, like bad injury luck that you get to buy low on such a good team. And that's what people see. They look at last year's record and they look at, oh, nine and a half, ten and a half. I'm right there with you. I got them. I got them to win the division. I like them to make the playoffs. It's like minus 150. Love that one. A little bit of juice. That's fine. And then a little wild card bet here. J.K. Dobbins, comeback player of the year, 20 to one. I think that's a good one because you know Jim Harbaugh is going to run that ball. I really like that for Dobbins. They also John just Harbaugh. put their yeah John Harbaugh. They almost they also just put Gus Edwards on the uh, the pup list to start the year. Their second string running back. J.K. Dobbins was supposed to have a breakout season last year. He was supposed to be the, I mean, the jump he was supposed to make was supposed to help catapult what was the number one rushing offense in football to being like 1A. I mean, how much further can you get than one? The Ravens were leading the league in rushing two years ago with Lamar Jackson and a crazy running back room. J.K. Dobbins can do it all. He can catch the ball. He can run with the football. All those different trick plays the Ravens can create around the J.K. Dobbins playbook between him and Lamar Jackson. I'm actually excited that there's a whole season that no other team has seen what they can do with J.K. Dobbins. I really like it, Joe. Yeah, that was just one of the few ones I found. With There's some value there. And then also Dave Ross threw out on, on from VEASAN today, Lamar 20-1 to 1 to win the MVP. I mean, it's worth the fun coupon. Can he break the matrix again? <laughs> yeah. 
Listen, it's these these bets. I, I don't usually like to do player bets for futures markets. I Kelly asked me if I was on any futures player props, and I said no. I really don't enjoy sitting on those. I'll sit on team bets. I hate thinking about what happens if you miss a game or two. What happens if you get hurt? What happens if X, Y, Z? I mean, there's just so much that factors into a player, especially those season-long stats where it's the yardage on the season for rushing, passing, et cetera. What if the game's a blowout and you don't end up playing for a quarter? There's just so many factors for season-long. Now, awards are different, of course. Just the season-long stuff with those season-long props, I stay off those. And it, it sucks. I'm like, uh, I wish I could say something different from what Joe and Ariel have said. But, you know, apart from what they did last year, you know, you got location, location, location. But in football, it's attrition, attrition, attrition. And that got them hard last year. So they had 11 draft picks this year. So they have depth added. Um, surprised no one mentioned Isaiah Likely. That kid looks, I know it's preseason, but star of the preseason wow that's impressive he looks really good uh you know they had two first round picks so i mean they, they've done what they need to do in case that injury bug comes back but i mean same thing like him over nine and a half when i saw that number is kind of crazy to me make the playoffs absolutely um i like joe's you know with jk dobbins i mean that guy again supposed to be a stud last year so it just can he you know get back to what he was and you know we'll we'll find out yeah the injury point is good i mean these typically do regress from season to season i mean they were deader last year than chris duke's achilles and (laughs) sorry chris but yeah typically Typically, that will swing back. and I mean, it doesn't always. Like, ask the 49ers, right? They're consistently one of the most injured teams in football year to year. But uh, that's a great point on the injuries and the Ravens. I mean, what about Lamar bulking up? It's, I heard he's added, like, 15 pounds of muscle or something like that or 20 pounds. He's bulked up 20 he better pounds. considering he likes to take those hits. I hope what he does this season is run out of bounds like he started to at the beginning of last year, he got a little better at it two years ago. Then towards the end of the season, he always gets a little cocky and he decides to start taking hits. He better bulk up, I guess. Just don't lose any of that speed, Lamar. That's it. What about his contract, Ariel? Any any possibility that's like a weird distraction for the team? It's, it's a little bit of a weird situation where he doesn't have an agent, so he's been negotiating the, with the Ravens. He has said... After the preseason, that's it. We're going to just play it out. I have no concerns because the media and all of us make bigger stinks about it than it really is. It's not like he's not showing up. He's been there with the team. He's been there for games. He's been around his teammates. This is similar to what we saw with the Yankees and Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge went into the year basically where they – said that he was mad at the Yankees and Aaron Judge didn't sign the new deal. He didn't take the deal the Yankees offered him. And he's just going to see what happens this year and test free agency and whatever. We made such a big deal out of it. Guess what? Aaron Judge is the MVP of the Yankees right now. I'm not concerned about this. The Ravens are a really good organization. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Ravens fan. I'm saying it because every player who I've spoken with has told me, that the Ravens are one of the most well-run organizations and every player respects the executives there. And that's why it doesn't worry me. Now, if it's the Yankees, I actually do get worried with them because I do feel the Yankees have done things in the past that have really irritated players. Just watch the Jeter documentary. Jeter talks all the time how he felt the Yankees wronged him. You never really hear that about the Ravens. I just know too many people who have played for the Ravens or have been close to the Ravens that they all agree that they are one of the best organizations that they've ever played for. They will be a fascinating team to keep an eye on. And it's probably the most interesting division in the league uh, with all these teams. I mean, let's transition to the Bengals. No longer the Bungles. They make the Super Bowl. And I, I have heard people on wildly different sides about this team 
going into the season? Do they naturally regress? Do they suffer the Super Bowl loser curse? Or do they continue to grow with all these young studs? Uh, Kyle, you were you kind of hit the nail on the head with the Bengals last season. They they finally broke out. They went over a win total. Why will they forever. be? Why will they be better? Why won't they regress and and do what every other Super Bowl loser does? Yeah. So I mean, probably after the Super Bowl, you know, you start kind of looking at everything, and it's okay. Bengals happens year after year. Season win total under. Then you start seeing, you know, off-season acquisitions, beefing up their offensive line. Got Lyle Collins. Forget the kid from New England. So, you know, two offensive linemen right there because we all remember how Burrow probably busted his appendix in the Super Bowl just being ran over. Um, Defensively, in the draft, they got a safety corner as well, solidified that in free agency as well, as well as tag Jesse Bates. So they made their improvements nine and a half. It's, are they going to improve? Is Burrow going to be back week one? I mean, I think so. Is he going to take a step down from, you know, not being able to go full reps during this time? I mean, we'll find out, but I think they've done enough. Um, I mean, 10 and seven. I, 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 I know what we were just talking about, you know, I, you know, Ravens Bengals. I think it's going to be fun, but I'm taking the Bengals. I think their windows now. I think they know it. I think Burrow has. I hate the way I keep saying. I think, but Burrow has something special, and you know, with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, as well as Tyler Boyd. I mean, they got one of the best receiver rooms in the league, and you know, pretty good running back. So if they can just get that offensive line to pass protect even a percentage better. I mean, that offense could be even more fun to watch. Well, dude, yeah, they, they spent a ton of money on three offense starting offensive linemen. So you got to expect them to hopefully be better. They know where their money's made, and that's at quarterback. Give it 55 sacks last season. So if you're looking at the over, you can kind of look at that angle where they upgraded their biggest weakness at offensive line. But if you're looking at the under, their strength of schedule year over year, they have the – what is it? There you go. Largest jump of any team. So they went last year, they had a really easy schedule. This year, they have a really hard schedule. So I don't know. It's a stay away from me, but I don't really have a, an opinion either way. And, and Ariel, yeah, I know you like the under for the Bengals. So why is Kyle wrong? I love the under for nine and a half wins on Cincinnati. Kyle, I understand everything you're saying. We all want to have the, we look at the roster, we look at the players, we see who they added, et cetera. I love trends. I always bet trends. The trend here is that if the Cincinnati Bengals have 10 or more wins this year, in the last 10 years, they are the only team aside for Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and the Patriots to have an extra win or the same amount of wins as they did the next year after a Super Bowl. Nine out of the last 10 Super Bowl runner-ups have had at least one win less than their win total from the season before, which means Cincinnati, who had 10, would drop down to nine. But the average is three less wins per team. That's a Super Bowl runner-up. Again, New England, the only team with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick to have a season better than the one before when they were a Super Bowl runner-up. That's the trend that I'm backing, and that's why I say under nine and a half wins, especially with a better Ravens team this season, too, even though the Steelers and the Browns have regressed. Just look at teams like the 49ers. Look at teams like the like Atlanta. Like there are teams that were Super Bowl runner-ups that the next year you say, what on earth happened to them? Whether it's an injury bug, whether it's just bad luck. You also mentioned the strength of schedule. They have a winning division and Super Bowl runner-up schedule coming up this year. So it's definitely going to be tougher. Whereas the Ravens have a losing team schedule, which is crazy to think. So that's why I'm going with the under uh, nine and a half wins on the Cincinnati Bengals this year. And isn't that why winning in the NFL is so special? Because year to year, it's very hard to win, even with the same team because of injuries, attrition, whatever the case may be. You know, average lifespan of an NFL player is three and a half years. So, I mean, I get all the trends, you know, I mean, we're fade you for a reason. I still see a trend and I'm like, that's great. That means the other side is due. It's like me at the roulette table. Oh my God, it's been black five times. Chris, red. It just, it, it looks- cracks me up because 
The thing about gambling that I learned early on, especially from Yanni the Greek, who is one of the best handicappers in Vegas, he told me you've got to bet numbers and you've got to take your heart out of the game. If you have all your heart in the game, then you're done. And it's so true because with the NFL, I feel that way. Even with baseball at one point, I felt that way. I thought to myself, why am I capping the NBA so well? I don't even like really watching basketball. Like, I'm not a basketball fan. I didn't grow up watching the NBA. I don't even have an NBA team that I really care about. I got good at NBA betting because I bet numbers. Everything was just about calculating the numbers, seeing the trends, seeing certain players do certain things. I had no heart in the game. Whereas the NFL and MLB, I'm thinking so much about the heart. I got to take that out. And I've done that with the strikeout props. It's all numbers. With the NFL, I have to say it's all numbers based. What numbers can I bet? I I just always crack up because Matt Vescursion and I on MLB Network on our show pregame spread always talk about this. He looks at the lineups. He goes, strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. That one's going to strike out. This one's going to strike out. And then I end up hitting my under. He's like, well, how did that happen? It's because I bet the numbers, not where I just think off the top of my head, oh, yeah, I know the sport so well. Let me – no, that's not betting always. There's people out there that don't know anything about the sport somehow end up being millionaires from handicapping games. That's a great point. Last thing on the Bengals, I'm, I'm interested to see how teams defend them. Once it's on tape and teams have an entire offseason, like Chase was a rookie last year, and now they're coming at you with a significantly improved offense, and, and he had one of the best rookie seasons of all time. Burrow really broke out, became a stud. Now that there's expectations and everyone's going to be gunning for them as the Super Bowl runner-up, as the division winner, now teams have watched an offseason worth of tape on them. Are they going to do what they did to the Chiefs last season and kind of figure out how to defend them and sort of take them out of their game a little bit? And we'll see if since he's ready for it, it's going to be that the top of the AFC North. It's going to be a really fun time. And Joe, the Steelers, you can't do what you did this year or what you did last year where you faded them every week in the contest. Big Ben's dead. He's gone. (laughs) RIP. So... But you know, this team, I mean, all they do is finish over 500. All they do is have winning seasons under Mike Tomlin and make the playoffs. So what's up with the Steelers this season? Yeah, dude, 15 consecutive seasons with a winning record is in jeopardy this year. He, uh, Yeah, they have their win total at 7.5, so Vegas doesn't think, Vegas doesn't think they're going to get there. But, yeah, Ariel, what I did on the Super Contest last year was we had one of the five plays. We just faded the Steelers every week. It went 7-10 and 10 ATS, but it started like – I think it started like six and two. It was amazing, but then it kind of fell apart down the stretch. But I think Vegas finally set the lines right and knew that Big Ben was dead. Big Ben was dead. One thing that you could look at, though, for the Steelers team, if you do think that the Steelers could continue the records of going above 500 under their head coach, Mike Tomlin, 30 to one for Mike Tomlin to win coach of the year. It's not bad. Has Has he won it before? He has, to. he has to have. I feel like he should have. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's been there so that. long, and I feel like part of the Coach of the Year award is sort of a narrative award, right? So maybe it's almost like a career achievement thing where first season without Big Ben in forever, if they are. He's never won wins. it. Wow. Okay, so that's so there that's you go. Not a bad. I mean, that gives it a little bit more horsepower, not, you know. For sure. If that also, Steelers team finishes above 500 and somehow even makes the playoffs – Yeah. Um, One thing, too, that kind of helps that narrative as well is uh, Brian Flores is now their defensive coordinator. So that's I mean, he's a good defensive mind. Look at those, you know, Dolphins teams for the longest time. So uh, I I like that narrative. It's not bad. The only thing is they got a really, really tough schedule. It's uh, fourth hardest in the the NFL. So that's a little scary. And um, I got win total seven and a half, but they're only favored in four games all season. So, yikes. Defense should be one of the best in the league. I think it's the most expensive defense in the NFL. I could be wrong. They got studs everywhere. They get Miles Jack from Jacksonville. So, uh, maybe with, and maybe this is what everybody's thinking, but maybe with very questionable quarterback play and a loaded defense. Could we have an under team on our hands? Maybe. I mean, one thing too, I mean, speaking of trends, like we did kind of like, I kind of want to fade these was uh, they went eight, two and one in one score games. You got to think that's going to regress back to the mean 
and field goal or less games, they went 4-0-1. So you got to think those are going to split a little bit. I mean, that leads to them winning less games. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how good of a head coach Mike Tomlin is because just look at what Bill Belichick was able to do with his first-year quarterback. I mean, last year, the fact that the Patriots finished one game behind the Buffalo Bills, you also were – I mean, the Patriots were scarier than I thought, and the goal was to start Cam Newton week one, and that never happened. Last last minute, you're putting a rookie quarterback on the field, and you're in contention for the AFC East. If Mike Tomlin can do that with his first-year quarterback, then, yeah, I would say that the odds for him to win Coach of the Year could actually start to shorten from 30-1 to to something a little bit shorter. Yeah, I love that bet, honestly. I never, I haven't looked at that. I, I fired the the Bills head coach to win Coach of the Year, but I wouldn't mind putting two two on the board. But, yeah, it's that's a good bet. But, yeah, no no lean either way on the, the team total for wins or anything like that. I just don't like to bet on uncertainty. I don't want to bet. Yeah. I said this last year with the uh, with the Patriots. I say it this year with the Steelers. I would say it this year with um, the 49ers. Any team that is making a switch at quarterback or potentially could switch their quarterback, I'm off. And with quarterback questions, you'd like to have a really good offensive line, and the Steelers' O-line is projected to be among – they're the, the worst. worst offensive line. It was bad they're last terrible. year. You know, they spent a first round pick on a quarterback this year, a first round pick on a running back the season before. They've spent a lot of second round picks on wide receivers. So they have not put a lot into the O-line. And that could be uh that could be a problem against some other good defenses. Does anybody have anything on the Browns? I feel like they're just so tired of hearing about the situation is kind of is just gross. And I mean they get they bring in Watson. It's a it's a pretty good roster. Baker's gone. It's a pretty um, good roster last year. It was a pretty good ro- roster last year, and things didn't work out. So, Ariel, is there any angle on the Browns? Mm, I, what win total are you seeing? Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Eight yeah. Here's the thing. Look at the quarterback room. Minus Deshaun Watson, who is suspended. Jacoby Brissett, Josh Dobbs, and Josh Rosen, which one of them is getting cut because they're probably only going to keep two. Maybe they keep three. I'm not sure what happens with Watson, but he's gone for most of the season, Watson. There's, I have no interest in this team. They're going to be swapping quarterbacks like a carousel. No, no, thank you. Bye. Bye, Browns. Sorry, Browns fans. I feel terrible for you. You're just jinxed, but this is not your year. You should ask Jared what he thinks of uh, Josh Rosen. Uh, he he's a big UCLA guy, so he loves Josh Rosen. And, and <laughs> quick story about Josh Rosen: he's a Jew. He is it. He is a Jew. And <laughs> um, he uh, it, when he was in college, I bet Jared that he wouldn't be a first round pick because he sucks. And guess what? Jared won the bat, so I had to pay him. But I was right. He sucks. <laughs> he was not a first round pick. Should not have been. But yeah, Kmart, Kmart. What about the Browns? What about them? Uh, do we do anything with them or no. do we just like put them off to the side? I mean, I think I said it, you know, on one of our last pods, you're just going to have to wait and see what these numbers are. Like there could be value in them, but as of right now, Ariel said it best. They're Brissett's not going to be, I would be shocked if he's a starter of the first 11 weeks of the season. Like if they just kept going to him, like at some point they'll probably go to Dobbs because he might bring more athleticism because the offense could struggle. Receiver-wise, not too thrilled with it. You still got Chubb. Hunt wants out, but I don't really know what's going on there. Did they re-sign him? I, I don't even know. I, don't, I literally don't care about the Browns, but we all know I have that really annoying friend, John, who's a huge Browns fan. So just to spite him, it's kind of tempting. Just you know, a couple fun coupons under eight and a half. Just... Yeah. Rub it in his face because weren't they supposed to win ten to games last year? Like they're they were supposed to be the 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 bungles to go to the Super Bowl. Everyone was all over them, and it was quite hilarious to watch. Yeah, they went two and eight against teams with a winning record last season too. So that doesn't bode well for this season. Um, if there's, only- a th- I always would say because I had a lot of fun doing this last year. I had my favorite and biggest preseason bet was the Jaguars under six and a half wins. 
And it was so much fun to root against the Jaguars last year. You just knew with Urban Meyer as their head coach that it was going to be a disaster with a rookie quarterback, a rookie running back who ends up getting hurt. Game one, they didn't even use James Robinson, which made me even more excited to have that under six and a half because how dare you not use James Robinson? That If you have a team that you're excited to root against, it is so fun to go have that under on the win total. Yeah, that was the Steelers for me last season. I just I don't hate the Steelers. I just thought it was hilarious watching Big Ben's corpse try to play football. <laughs> <laughs> there were some hilarious interceptions. I, I definitely remember that. Oh, yeah. And then final thing on the Browns, I guess. Um, the one thing, though, they do have a really easy schedule to come. They're starting out. They go Carolina, Jets, Steelers, Atlanta, first four weeks. So they could easily go three and one and look, be looking good. And then that's when we'll take the in-season I mean, number. You're getting the revenge game. Baker Mayfield announced the starter for Carolina. Uh, <laughs> I like we, Carolina in that to, game. Do we have to be on Cleveland in that game? Because the whole narrative the entire week is going to be Baker's revenge. Do you have to say fade you to that and take the Browns? I'm, the line may be too astronomical. This could be a Kelly in Vegas situation where she says that the Browns are being severely underbooked and they're getting like maybe i mean are they on the road that game or are they in charlotte i mean are they uh, in cleveland i think they're on the road i think it's it's in carolina yeah like i i'm gonna guess the lines i haven't looked at week one lines in probably a month four and a half i Um, saw it around one but really yeah that that was before that was before they announced baker Oh, that's probably why. I could see it going to three, four. Like, just there's no quarterback. Like, we didn't know the situation with Deshaun Watson. We didn't know who the starting quarterback in Carolina was going to be. Now we know that it's going to be Maker Mayfield getting revenge on the Browns. And there's no quarterback in Cleveland right now, except, yeah, Brissett. But I mean, come on. Like, do we really trust Jacoby Brissett in a brand new system for the first time? I don't. Yeah, like yeah. I saw that it opened plus four and a half for the Panthers. And st- as of right now, I still see minus one and a half for Carolina. Interesting. Wow. I can I see got that right now, after everything you just said, Ariel, naturally the Browns will win by two touchdowns. Probably. That's how the works. Yeah. That's I would sit on that line, though, because if that thing got to like three and a half, because you know the public's not betting yet. The public is waiting until Thursday to Sunday, most likely Sunday you're going to see that line move. The lines are only being bet by Sharps right now. And honestly, they're probably not even being bet right now. The the Sharps always end up, according to what I've been told by some handicappers who I speak with who are Sharps in Vegas, they bet the lines when they come out, and then they sit on them until about the week of game one. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be a ton of movement, that's for sure. Because at least right now, we got 74% of the bets, but 98% of the money on Carolina. It's only one. Yeah, but it's, it's, yeah, it's going to move drastically for sure. Yeah, I think that line's going to move in favor of Carolina, and you're going to be able to go on the other side and get Cleveland if you really want to. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. Excited for football. Big narrative game. Oh, my God, yeah. (laughs) Narrative game, yeah. (laughs) Love beating the narrative. It's the only Uh, sport that I just really enjoy doing that for. The NBA – uh nba is like filled with drama queens so i just never take the narrative too seriously um but nfl yeah they had the narrative so ariel last thing from the weekend you signed up for the circa million uh i did the survivor you did the survivor you're doing it with your dad Mm -hmm. is that the name okay so have you guys talked like What's the strategy for Survivor? I mean, are you are you trying to map out every week? Are you guys going to take it week by week? There's it's a- funny you ask because we actually just had a conversation on the phone today. We're go- I'm going home to my parents' place this weekend. My dad and I are going to sit down. We're going to discuss Survivor. We're going to dis- discuss other pools that we're going to be doing throughout the season. He always likes to do them with me. We're probably going to join a few other contests with friends. Um, So we're really just having like a football powwow this weekend when I'm home. He also called me yesterday morning asking me, he was was like, you're sure you're coming to the Ravens Jets game, right? It's the opener at MetLife. I was like, of course. So now I'm getting all hyped up because he's asking me all these questions about football. With MLB, it's been hard for me to really zone in on football because I'm so zoned into MLB right now. 
I'm just super excited. So yeah, the, the name on the card that I posted, it's um, Prop Queen and Pops. People always, people were tech DMing me like, oh, they, they forgot the R in Props. I'm like, no, 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 it's Pops like that. It's right. It's right. That's so cool that you guys are going to just have a whole day where you're just going to talk about, okay, what are we doing? So there, what was the overlay when you signed up? And we're recording this, and that was the weekend of the 20th and 21st, so what, two weeks before the season starts? Do you remember? Yeah. What do you mean? So he's they've guaranteed $6 million in prizes for Survivor, right, mm-hmm. for Circus Survivor. And so if they don't get enough entries to reach $6 million, then Derek Stevens covers the rest. Oh, I see, what I see what you're saying. I actually have no idea. That's a great question. I have to ask Kelly and Brett because – this was my first time doing it. So I'm not totally in. I just told Kelly and Brett that I would do it. I was excited to use Brett's proxy, Winner's Proxy, um, at Winner's Circle Proxy Service. And I'm really excited to be able to work with them on it. So I'm going to learn a lot from whatever they say um, for the rules. I actually am glad that Brett kind of walked me through a few of the rules because I didn't know that he wanted everything in by like Saturday. So that was good to know because I probably would have texted him Sunday morning, week one, and would have already been screwed. So thank you, Brett, for giving me a little bit of insight into the rule book. But yeah, um, I'm pumped. And when you guys get Brett on, hopefully, to talk about the proxy service, I'm sure he could talk way more about the actual ins and outs. Yeah, we got to get Brett on. It's I don't think it's if. I think it's just a matter of time. He'll do it. He'll oh, do he it. Will. If he doesn't do it, I'll give him shit. Yeah, he just did chicken dinner the other day. That was he said that was his first podcast he's ever done. And then we're when we were bullshit on the golf course, I was like, "How have you not come on fade you?" He's like, "Just let me know." It's like, "All right, let's do it." He needs to do these things because he gets so much crap from people about being like Kelly's number two. He needs to do these things so that he can be at the same level as Cal. I mean, he always complains. People on the golf course were like, "Oh, Kelly gave you the day off today." I felt so uh, bad for him. <laughs> well, I guess it's got to be tough living in that shadow, right? Yeah, Kelly would say, "Don't feel bad for him," but I felt bad. <laughs> we'll, we'll get Brett on. We'll help him to. We'll help him reach stardom, no doubt. I love anything it. Else, anything else on football, Ariel? Anything else on football? Um, I'm super pumped. I'm going to be going to the Ravens games when they're at MetLife. They're at MetLife this year with the Jets and the Giants. I'll be at the Ravens-Broncos game with Kelly. She's going to be annoying as hell because she's obviously going to end up being on the Broncos, and I'm going to want to kill her. Watching games together with me and Kelly are on opposite sides just is freaking brutal. We actually don't do it. Last year in March Madness when Syracuse was in, she bet Houston, and um, we didn't even watch together. She didn't come to Superbook. She was like, I can't do it. Sorry. So this will be our first time in person where we're going to be on opposite sides at a game. So I'm very nervous, but um, it'll be fun. Yeah, sounds fun. <laughs> who, who do you like to follow for college football stuff? We know our friends at the Hustle are starting back up. I think tomorrow on the twenty. Yeah, tomorrow's their first show. Yeah, Hustle, season 6 two. Can't wait. Six PM Eastern. I follow them. Chris and Cal. They're my like two go tos for college football. I really don't do much college football, um, so I don't. So don't follow me. It's actually the only day off I ever get. So Saturdays, I'm not. I'm gonna be watching here and there, but a lot of the times I use my Saturdays to get the hell out of my house and out of like not in front of my TV screen, or else I will go insane. At least until baseball is over. Um, I'll watch the first few weeks of college because it's so fun, and I'll turn it on around twelve, like, and watch kickoff. But with baseball and football at the same time, I work Sunday to Friday, so it's just like I need one day to show that I have a life, um, which we all don't. But that's the hardest part about being a girl. Hardest part about being a girl is that your other friends could give two shits about what's going on Saturday and Sunday. When you're a guy, it's social to go watch college football Saturday. It's social yeah. to go watch football on Sunday. When my girlfriends, they're like, can you leave the house? Like, come to lunch, come to brunch, whatever. So Saturday is the day I sacrifice sometimes. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, we struggle with it too sometimes. Some of us have wives that are like get upset when we want to just sit on our asses for 12 hours on a Sunday, but we get through it. That's why you guys have to help me find a husband because at least if I have him as an excuse, I could be like, I'm spending quality time with my husband and my friends can't get mad at that. But if I'm by myself, I have no excuse except for I'm being selfish. Why don't we just 
use your connections and let's get Josh Rosen's number. I think he has someone. Well, we could change that. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, for now. Maybe for now. I mean, I was just watching my guilty pleasure is watching a crappy like trash TV. So I was watching The Bachelorette before I came on with you guys. I missed oh. it last night. I'm like, listen, it, desperate times. So in the next few years, if I'm still that desperate, then I might just have to do it. Or just follow Aaron Judge wherever he goes. You might have to denounce your Yankees fandom. He's though. married. I don't do that thing. I don't do married men. No baggage. No baggage. Ugh. <laughs> oh, I don't need man. a crazy person coming still, to kill I me. Still in my sleep. About, I still laugh about the story you told on last time you were on the podcast. But oh. yeah, anybody that wants to listen to that story, you can go back and listen to the other pod. Was that the one with the jet shirt? Uh, no, the guy that you you went on a first date and he uh, he asked you about like a DFS lineup. Oh yeah, that happens a lot. That <laughs> happens a lot. I actually stopped using dating apps because that happens way too often. <laughs> cool story though that I'll tell you guys from last night at the Yankee game. Last night at the Yankee game, I go to the bar to get a seltzer. The bartender says to me id please and i look young so it doesn't shock me that he asked for my id i just handed it to him i'm like whatever okay he looks at it he goes i thought so i knew it was you i follow you on twitter it was the first time that that happened to me and i was so excited that somebody he didn't id me because of I, me looking young he id'd me to confirm that it was who he thought it was it was so cool, cool. that is awesome did you ask him to follow you on instagram because we got to get those numbers up I know, right? I hit 10K this weekend, so that was really exciting. But they won't verify me. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Let's plug the Instagram, and we'll get out of here with that. Ari Epps on Instagram, A-R-I-E-P-S-T. And everybody watch pregame spread. We don't have too much baseball season left. It's awesome. Uh, Matt Vaskurgeon, I would love to meet that guy one day. He's the best. And uh, and Ariel is absolutely fantastic. Follow the K-Props. And Ariel, you're the best. Thank you, guys. Thank you, you are, too. And I'm glad Thank that I was you. able to give you a shout-out on pregame spread. Oh, gosh. That, was, that awesome. was amazing. That was incredible. And we'll check in with you in a couple months and when the Ravens are in first place in the AFC North. And, uh, you can't do that. You can't do that. Stop chasing them. <laughs> It'll be fine. So, all right, everybody. Uh, everybody wish Chris Duke well on on the Twitter. He's at hazmat 223 He's uh, – I think he's going right now to the doctor. So wishing Chris well. And uh, we will be back with more NFL previews for each division. We got three left. And uh, we will come back next time. It's almost football season, everyone. See you later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fade the fuck out of you.